If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another expert episode of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Today was a first. I got to interview someone actually in person, face-to-face in real life, which is a first and was super special. Today, I interviewed Rianne Langus, who is the co-founder of Confident Collective. She is the co-host of the Confident Collective podcast. She is a curve model. She is a fashion blogger. She is all around just an absolutely incredible woman. And I was so honored to be able to sit down with her. And from her credentials, you can probably take a guess, but we talked all about confidence. We talked about where does confidence come from? I asked her, do you think we're born as confident people? She talked a lot about her journey and her struggles with her body image and how she's really been able to own that and have that be like the foundation of her confidence journey. She shared about her recent breakup and how that really rattled her confidence and how she was able to work through that. And, you know, she mentions in the episode how now looking back on the breakup, she thinks going through it has made her even more confident, which I think is so beautiful and such a great testament to what happens when you do the work. Uh, We talked about confidence in social media and how instead of using it as just something to compare yourself to and feel bad about, how it can be actually a really valuable tool to uplifting your self-esteem. And we also talk about how friendships, having really good friendships in your life is so valuable to feeling good about yourself. And we talk about so much more, but I'm so excited for you guys to be able to listen to Rayanne and also go check out her podcast this week because I am actually a guest talking all about how to let go of your ex. So without any more talking out of me, here is Rayanne. Welcome, Rayanne, to the show. This is actually the first in-person 
interview I've ever done on this podcast. So I'm sitting right what? across from Rayon on a couch. Yeah. I'm honored. Oh my gosh. Wait. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. We did our first in-person last week and it was, I was like nervous. I was like, oh, yeah. this is weird to not see someone through a screen. Totally. Well, at least I don't have to look at myself the whole time with the interview too. Oh, I know. Isn't that, I just stare at myself. I'm like, I know I've had to learn to like minimize the square. <laughs> this is so weird. Just staring at myself. Oh my gosh. You're like, yeah, I need to put this away. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're doing this in person. This yes. is so exciting. Me too. So we're going to talk about confidence today. So I'd love to hear like a kind of a cliff notes version of what was your journey with confidence? Like where were you at when you were at your lowest versus like where you are now? So I talk about confidence a lot in relation to body image, because that's kind of the area where my confidence was tested the most because growing up. So like right now I'm like five foot 11, I'm like a size 12, 14, and I've always been like bigger than most people around me. So that was the area where my confidence was really tested. So I remember in third grade, I was at a pool party with, um, this girl, Stacy's birthday, like her mom got a hotel and we were like swimming in the pool and I was having the best time, like playing mermaid, just having the best time. And then one of the girls looked at me and she was like, no offense, Rayanne, but you look like the Michelin tire man. And I was just like, wait, what? Like that was the first time that I was really, really aware of my body and that other people saw my body differently. And from there, I really struggled with feeling confident in my body. I just always felt bigger in high school. I just was like, no guys will like me. Like all of the guys will like my skinnier friends, which is kind of what happened. And I just really struggled with feeling confident in myself. And then it was in college when, and I know this is so cliche, but Ashley Graham had her first ad in Sports Illustrated. And I remember it was like this ad. She was like in this black bikini walking by the pool and these like sexy men were like fawning over her and she just looked incredible. And it was the, honestly the first time I remember seeing someone who looked like me being desired and being portrayed in like a sexy, positive way. And I was like, what? And so I just went and I started following every curve model I could find on Instagram, every plus size blogger. This is when blogging was like very new. And I just inundated myself with these women. And I honestly think that was kind of like the catalyst to it for me, seeing people every single day that I identified with. And it made me feel less isolated and like less like I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I used to wake up every day and be like, all right, today's the day I'm going to lose weight. And so it was just exhausting. And when I was able to let go of that, I started to be able to build my confidence. And that was kind of the catalyst for it. And this is such like a hard question for me to like, I could go on, we could yeah. do, a, I could tell you this answer for 45 minutes, but it's been so many things that has helped me gain my confidence. But um, honestly, starting my blog and working as a curve model really has helped me gain confidence and feeling more comfortable in my body and realizing that even though it is part of my job, my value has nothing to do with my size. I have so much more to offer through the other gifts that I have and just working to take less emphasis off of my body. Um, and then it's kind of translated into confidence in other areas of my being. So as you were sharing that, I was thinking of how many parallels there are too between, I mean, there's such power in realizing that you're not alone 
in something and looking to the people that are going through the same thing you are. Cause I feel like when we feel alone in that, like I went through the same thing when I got sober really young, I thought I'm so different. There's no one like me. I'm going to be like the boring girl. I'm never going to be able to find someone who likes people that don't drink things like that. And it wasn't until I started meeting other people who were my age getting sober that I was finally able to be like, okay, like this is okay. I'm going to be okay. And I think it's the same thing too with people who are going through a breakup and they feel like the whole world is in relationships, right? Because that's how you feel when you're going through a breakup. You're like, the whole world is in love. And I'm alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Community is so important. Having a community, like we crave community, like we're made to have relationships. So when you find community in these places of struggle or where you're triggered and you can like have that area to work through, that is like, honestly, so important. You can't do it alone. You can't overcome this shit alone. Yeah. And I think that goes for whatever we're going through in our life. And it's so interesting, like this topic of confidence and self-esteem. I was like the definition, I feel like of 13 going on 30. Like I wanted to be 30 so bad because I thought (laughs) once I hit 30, like I literally had this in my head. Once I hit 30, I'm going to be so confident. Like I just thought that one, that just the magic number. Yeah. That's just what it comes with. And I think what I finally had to learn with confidence and self-esteem was like the way I'm confident is to be a person that like I'm proud of, you know, and that doesn't mean I changed myself in all these ways. It just means like becoming happy and proud of who I am mm-hmm. and not, re- not thinking I have to be a certain size or a certain success or have a certain amount of money to get people to like me. It's, I have to like me first. Mm-hmm. I do think though you were onto something with like the, once you hit 30, but I mean, I don't think it's a specific number, but I do think aging is such a huge part of finding confidence. And like, unfortunately that's like out of your control. It just like happens when it happens. But because I truly think that finding confidence, you have to go through situations that test you and that takes time. So as you age, you just have gone through all of this stuff that does build your confidence. So I think you can be confident when you're younger. Yes. But like it just keeps growing. So I think you had something there with the 30. (laughs) Do you feel like we are innately born confident? Like, do you feel like confidence is something we have and then we lose and then we have to work to get it back? I kind of do because you think of like little kids, like if you think of like a little kid at the pool, they don't give two shits. They're like running around, like create, like they don't care. They say what they want to say. And a child will look at you and tell you exactly how it is. And even if you want to hear it or not. And then we learn to maybe make ourselves quieter or we learn that maybe someone sees us different. Like the girl who told me I look like the Michelin tire man, like that kind of changes our perception. And then I think it's like working again to build that back up and be that confident person that says what they want to say and is okay sharing their opinion or feeling okay in their body. I do think it is like we're born with it. It's tested. And then it's about rebuilding and maintaining it. There are certain things I think we're all confident in. Like if someone were to say that I was dumb, I wouldn't take it personally because that's never been something I've been insecure about. There would be, a you know, 15 to 20 other things that if they insulted me on, like I would take it really personally. But I think it's like you said, finding kind of that anchor of something that you can learn how to be confident in and then it will radiate to other mm-hmm. areas of your life. And that's the thing. It's interesting. Like with confidence, it's never going to be like, oh, I've made it. Like, because 
our circumstances are changing. We're changing. We're learning. We're seeing things in a different way. We're in new relationships. Like there's always going to be things that are going to test your confidence. You're never going to be like, Oh, I've made it. And I do think it's too, like you can be confident in one area of your life. Let's say like you are a boss ass bitch. Like you are so confident in your job. You're like, you know, feeling it. But then in another area, maybe dating, you're not confident. And you really struggle with that. And I think it's okay to hold space for both of those things and be like, I am confident in this area, but this is an area that I struggle. And it's okay to have space for both of those things. You're not going to be like confident in every single area all the time. Totally. That's just unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk to you about confidence when it comes to social media, because <laughs> there's like a surefire way for me to feel like non-confident sometimes if I hop on social media and like, look at pages that will make me feel less than how have you been able to learn how to navigate social media in a way that doesn't take that away from you, or it's not like the constant comparing. Mm -hmm. Well, number one, and like, I feel like I've said this so many times, so I hope people don't get annoyed. I mean, just unfollow people. If you are really struggling with body image or I've recently had to mute someone who I was really comparing myself career wise and I just muted them for now. Like it was triggering something in me. I felt it. I needed to separate myself. So unfollow people that make you feel bad about yourself. Like, I'm sorry, like, if you're following all of these, you know, Victoria's Secret models and like Kendall Jenner and all this, they're beautiful. They are, but you need to follow people that you identify with as well. So unfollow those people. Just don't feed into it because it's just not going to make you feel better. And like also recognize it still happens. Like I'm scrolling through TikTok and, you know, I see sometimes when it comes to like body image or things like that, I see something and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wish I looked like that in that dress or whatever. And you just can't let yourself spiral and like drain into it. So recognizing that everyone struggles with that unfollow people and don't feed into it and seek out people who build you up and are sending you a message that is going to make you feel confident and make you feel good when you're taking in their content because social media, it's not going anywhere. It's part of our lives, it's part of our daily lives. Like if you like it or not, but for most of us, at least I know there are some people out there who don't, I'm like, damn, yeah, but <laughs> it is part you. of our lives. So yeah. it's like, if you're going to be on there, be intentional to create a space that is going to make you feel positive and uplifted. And I love the mute button now oh, because it's button. like you can, I don't care who it is. Like you can mute whoever you need to. I've muted really, really close friends for periods of time just because I was like, this isn't serving me in any way. And if you have a friend that just got engaged and so she's posting all the engagement party and getting ready for the wedding and you're going through a breakup and it's like the same thing. Like you can hold space for like, I'm happy for them. And I'm also really sad because I'm not in that same, yeah. like using the and when it comes to our feelings. Yeah. And it's nothing against them. It's just that you're not in a place right now where this is something that you can handle and like setting that boundary and being like, I can't take this in right now as I'm like healing and still being happy for them. And then maybe like down the road, you can unmute but the mute button is an amazing tool. We need to use it more often. I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. 
I know at one point I was like, I feel like I should probably go through and see who I've muted because I think I just forget about them at a certain point. I know. I probably should too. I'm like, oh, what's yeah. that person doing? But maybe if we're not thinking about them, they're not that important. Exactly. <laughs> In our no, lives. That's so true. <laughs> um, so the other thing, and you kind of touched on it, is how have you dealt with the negative like self-talk? Because I think that's probably like the biggest deterrent. I mean, we're our own harshest critics by far. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get a lot of questions of my ex said something really hurtful, whether it was in the relationship or I think a lot of the times when you're going through a breakup, people will say things that they don't necessarily mean, but they'll just like hit you where it hurts kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And those words, like what someone said to you in the third grade stick with you. So how do you learn to reconcile the hurtful things other people have said to you? And how do you stop yourself from going into that negative Mm self-talk spiral. I think I can speak more on like the self-talk that we do to ourselves because we can be brutal to ourselves. So I think it's like, you have to think about it. Would I talk to my best friend this way? Would I talk to Christina this way? Who's one of my best friends and business partner? Like, would I say, Hey, Oh my God, you're going to wear that dress. Like your stomach looks so bad. Like, no, but we say that to ourselves. So honestly, stop, just stop. If you're sitting there and I think about it, it makes so much sense and it sounds so simple, but if you sit every day and you're look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, wow, you are disgusting. You're ugly. You're fat. Like, of course you're going to think that of course. And so at first, the first step is to just stop. Don't feed into it. Don't, if you need to not limit your mirror time or whatever, just stop. And then it is hard because if you don't believe it, it is hard, but like tell yourself the things that you do love about yourself. And I think it's also okay to recognize, let me rewind a little bit. You're not going to be head over heels, like in love with your body. Like I'm very confident in my body, but my stomach is still an area where I'm like, you know, it's not my favorite part. It does make me feel self-conscious, but I'm not, it's just getting to a point where you don't wake up every day and you're actively thinking about how much you hate it. It's just like neutral. You're just like body neutral or you're just like, it is what it is. It doesn't affect my life. Like I can still go out and live and date and go out to dinner with my friends without thinking about, oh my God, my stomach, you know, cause it's exhausting. So honestly, I know it sounds like cheesy, but just hyping yourself up, being your own hype girl, like how you would give yourself a pep talk to a friend. Like before I go on a date, I literally recorded myself and posted it to my close friends. I like hyped myself up because I was going to hang out with this guy at a pool. And that's when some of my insecurities specifically with my body will come up. And I was like, Rayanne, you are a hot piece of ass. Like, look at yourself, put on your favorite bikini. Look at yourself. Like you look incredible. Walk in there he is going to be like, damn girl. Like, honestly, even if that's not true, whatever, that's what I'm telling myself. That's what I'm believing. And then I'm going to walk in there more confident. So just replacing that negative self-talk with hyping yourself up and it's awkward at first, but just keep doing it. I promise. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird at first. Yeah. I think any kind of affirmation or mirror talk, but it's like one of those things like keep doing it because if you choose to like spotlight and highlight the voice in your head. That's what you're going to mm-hmm. believe. If you choose to highlight and spotlight the things, the positive things that you're saying to yourself in the mirror. Yeah. That's what you're going to experience. Yeah. And I do think like all of this stuff is so connected to like, if you are feeling down about yourself and you're talking, having this negative self-talk about your body or whatever, I think it also is okay to be like, why am I feeling this way? And for me, working out is such a huge thing that has helped as well. Like 
I really encourage every woman to have like a workout routine, move your body. This is going to be so good for your mental health and your confidence. Like move your body, please. And it's not about losing weight. We've been taught that the only reason we work out is to lose weight. And that's just like so archaic. I'm like, um, we're not talking about every other benefit. Like there's so much more that goes into it besides losing weight. So just take that part out of it. And I promise you, like, you're going to see a change as well. If you start implementing movement. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I think there's also this connection between, like, if you want to show something that it's loved, you take care of it and you nurture it. It's yes. like, say, like, if... Let's say you have a dog. Like if you have a dog, you're going to pet it. You're going to like do cute baby talk. You're going to feed it. You're going to walk it. It's like if you want to show yourself that you're loved and feel more loved, like nurture it. Wait, that's so funny you use that analogy because I was talking to a friend about this and I use that same analogy and she hates dogs, which oh. I know red flag. I was like, you know, it's like a dog. I'm like, this is the worst analogy I could have used. But that is so true. Yeah. Like you take care of it. You have to honestly, and all of these things are, it's self-talk, it's working out, it's what you're putting in your body. It's your daily routine is so many things that go into it. It's not just like one thing. 
Yeah. I mean, if you don't like dogs, which I don't get that, but I know me either. It's like the one red flag of our friendship. It's it's a plant, like take care of it like a plant. Like you put it in the sunlight, you water it, you, you know, do all the things to it. And I think too, we get, especially coming out of relationships, we get accustomed to a partner like feeding us in that way. And so we think after the relationship ends, like we're screwed. Like, oh, I don't have anyone feeding me compliments or giving me validation or saying that I'm beautiful. And we forget that most, I always tell people like, honestly, you can get most things that you had in a relationship from yourself or your friends. Like we probably sometimes even more. I feel like, and I mean, obviously I, I hope to have a really healthy relationship one day, but I'm like even more so. Yeah. Like my friends give me more encouragement and investment than my relationship ever did. And I'm the same. Like there are certain things that my husband's not my first stop at all. Like my friends are, cause I'm like, they're going to actually like nurture me in the way that I need to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. So I think realizing like all those voids that you're feeling from a relationship, especially when it comes to like feeding your self-worth and your self-esteem, it's stuff that you can give yourself in that way. Yeah. And it's so interesting. That's like why we put such emphasis on romantic relationships. And I really think like friendships, we need to be putting this a much emphasis on friendships too, as adults. It's so, so important. That's a whole other topic, but yeah. Do you feel like having close friends has helped with your confidence? Cause I always remember like my best friend and I were having like a really sappy conversation and she's like, sometimes I feel really down on myself, but then I realize like, if I have friends like you, like I must be doing a good job, you know? Oh, friendships are a huge part of building confidence too, because they can see you from a way that you don't see yourself too almost. And they remind you of like, okay, they sometimes give you that reality check of like, you are doing great. Like, look at all these things you're bringing, or they're like a mirror and like, let you see things that you don't really see. So friendships are a huge, have been a huge confidence builder for me. And I think it's also okay to tell your friends I'm feeling really down. I used to do that all the time. I remember I would send friends outfit photos. Like I can't even tell, like, what do I look good in? And it's okay to ask your friends for a pep talk, for a compliment. Like, I don't think we do that enough. Mm-hmm. And it can be the smallest thing. Like it could be one comment that your friend said to you, even like off the cuff, like one little thing about like, I admire how you do this or, oh my gosh, your hair looks stunning like that. Or so it can be like the tiniest thing. It doesn't have to be this big, like deep conversation. It could be one little thing that sticks with you and really has a big impact. Yeah. And I think ultimately the goal is to reach that level of confidence within yourself, but there's also nothing wrong with asking people for a compliment, for validation, if you're feeling nervous about a work thing. I mean, I've texted my friends and been like, I'm so nervous about this. Can you remind me why I'm doing this? You know, and they'll yeah. they'll send that to me. And it's like, that's the thing that I need in the moment. We need that. I do think it's like, we're humans. We need, if you say you don't need it, we do. We need yeah. the outside validation. It just <laughs> is. It is. I'm serious. And the one thing that I want, because I think there's this distinction of having like, have you ever had an experience where you placed your confidence and your self-worth in the hands of like one other person? And like, what does that feel like? That's a good question. Um, 
my gosh, this is a good one. This is making me reflect. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many different ways I could take. So I, the first thing that my mind goes to is I do place because of my like platform or things like that. I realize I do put too much emphasis on the validation I get through Instagram and social media. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily one person, but one area where I do put emphasis on the feedback I get there. I'm actively having to distance myself from that and work on that with how much that affects me. In my past relationship, I don't think I put validation in that because that just wasn't the dynamic of our relationship. And I've only had one relationship, but I did struggle because he was like very fit. And in my mind, like, oh my God, he has the perfect body. He's an athlete, blah, blah, blah. And that relationship brought out insecurities that I had from my own. So I honestly think, yeah, I don't think it was one person, but for me, it is, it's social media. I think that's a good point that you just brought up in, in the relationship, because I feel like in most of my relationships that I've ever been in, I felt like I'm so lucky to like have that person And I have them up on this pedestal. And in my head, they have the control almost. And that's just not a comfortable place to be in. Like I would say, if you, if you liked me, I liked you (laughs) kind of a thing. Like it felt like I didn't have a choice in the matter. Do you feel like there was kind of that pedestal dynamic in the relationship? Yeah, I think it was just, I was young and I didn't really see beauty in myself. So I couldn't understand how he would see it in me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I did, it was that comparison of like, why would someone, I remember I asked him once, I was like, why do you want to be with me? Like, I'm like, I literally could not comprehend it because I was strictly thinking from a physical standpoint, which is so messed up, I guess. So I did have that kind of mindset of like, I feel so lucky to be with him. And then when we broke up, I was like, Oh my gosh, is anyone ever going to like, that was a one thing that I was really scared of after the breakup was, is anyone ever going to like me again? I thought I had this like fluke of a person who was actually attracted to me. Yeah. I, I remember one time I was writing about how I had just gotten out of a relationship and I was writing about how I felt so resentful that the person that I was with didn't give me enough like compliments or validation. And I remember it hit me. I was like, Kendra, it honestly would not matter how much validation they gave you because you don't believe it, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, that's interesting. It's like you can have this amazing person in front of you, but if you don't believe you're worthy to be in that, like you'll feel that sense of anxiety or that sense of like impending doom. Or if the relationship ends, like you say, um, then you feel like, okay, I'm never going to be able to find someone. It's like very draining of hope. And I wanted to, you know, talk about your breakup that you went through and how did that shake up all of this work in this journey that you had been on in finding your confidence? Like, how did that kind of change that, whether temporarily or what did that look like? Honestly, I think the breakup was such a catalyst actually for me to become even more of a confident person. Like we, so we started dating when we were 18 and we were together for on and off, mostly on for eight years. And I was always confident in that time in different, I thought I was confident. 
looking back, I'm like, wow, I had like so much to work on. But honestly, that breakup was such a catalyst for me because I didn't have anyone like you basically strip away every distraction that you have. And all you have is yourself. And so I had no choice. And I was kind of at this just like the loneliest and saddest I had ever been. And I started reading, doing like free journaling. Like I told you doing like spurts of it. I'm not like, I don't want anyone to think I'm like this amazing journaler. I, go through <laughs> I don't think anyone's an amazing journaler. But <laughs> um, I had to really do a bunch of self-reflection. And honestly, it's kind of like, you know, if you've ever do like a, a bungee jumping or skydiving or something like you're on the edge, like you have nothing, like you just have to do it. Like you have to figure out your life without this person. Like you have no other choice. They're gone. Like they are not like, they don't want to be with you. And I don't think I would be the person I am with the confidence that I have if I hadn't been dumped. And so I'm actually like so grateful for that because it forced me to come to terms with some of the things that was holding me back, like my limiting beliefs that I was telling myself. Um, and I can't believe I would say it, but I am. I'm like so grateful that I had to go through that. I think that's beautiful. And I honestly think if you give yourself the chance everyone can get to a place where they will say like, oh, I'm so grateful that it happened that way. Mm -hmm. And I loved what you said too about being left with yourself. Like I think sometimes we have these self-limiting beliefs about ourselves because we've just never tried anything different. You know, it's like for you for eight years, like you don't know what you feel like without this person. So to then be like, all right, I got to figure this out without them in my life. And I'm sure it wasn't like instant confidence right after Oh my right gosh, after no, the breakup. No, no. Yeah. It was I had lost myself so much in that relationship okay. because I basically was trying spending all my time and energy trying to get this person to love me and want me in the way that I needed to feel loved. And I had completely lost myself. Everything I did was about them. And it wasn't he, he never asked that of me. Yeah. I just was obsessed with him. I was so in love with him. I was so, I wanted to spend every moment with him. And it was, I see now it's like a bit unhealthy, you know, like ran boundaries, like live yourself. But I just had completely lost myself. So after the breakup, it was a huge time where I had to really find myself again because I didn't know who I was and it was not instant. I mean, I'm still working, but it's been like, it was like a year of being broken up then the pandemic happened. We kind of went together and now it's been a year. So it's been like two years basically. Yeah. And I know a lot of my listeners have that same dynamic in their relationship. I call it like becoming the chameleon and just blending into their life and yeah. just losing yourself in the process. And people are really terrified at the thought of having to figure out who they are without this person because I remember getting out of a relationship and someone could have asked me like my favorite color and I would have been like, I don't don't know. Like what kind of food do I like? I don't know. So were there any specific steps you took to start like re-getting to know yourself in that way? I mean, it was slow. Like he helped me pay my rent after... I moved out of our apartment together. Like, so we were just like, so intertwined. He helped me like take care of my dog. And like, so it was just like, honestly doing little things like to realize like 
that I'm my own person. It's hard for me to even articulate, but I mean, I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which was incredible. Everyone needs to read that. Reading the five love languages also really helped me because I kind of understood that like anything I could do to just basically understand why I am the way that I am was a big help. Going to therapy, the five love languages helped me understand like we were just speaking different languages and I could have beat my head against the wall all day long if he wasn't going to compromise and I wasn't going to compromise, it was just going to fail. So anything I could do to just like learn about myself, I invested in my female friendships. I like said yes to so many things like traveling, going on trips, like putting myself in different work situations. Like I just was like, well, I've gotten literally felt like I was at rock bottom. So like I have nothing else to lose. I just like freaking did everything. And all of those combination of things helped me learn more about myself. Cause I honestly just wasn't focused on someone else all the time. Yeah. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately is most breakups literally just come down to a lack of compatibility. I think it's very rarely like an attack on someone or, you know, like something's wrong with you. It's literally just like what you said, either you guys have different like attachment styles, different love languages, one values family, one doesn't, one values travel, one doesn't. And because everyone values different things, like it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that you were trying to get what you wanted from the wrong person, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So I love that idea of learn more about yourself because the more you can learn about yourself, the more you're going to own who you are. And I also think that eventually brings you closer to like your actual person, because when you are operating out in the world of like, this is who I am, you're going to attract the people that work for you. You know, for me, I was like always trying to be someone else. And then I would get in a relationship yeah. and be like, this isn't working. And it's like, yeah, of course. Cause you weren't being yourself. You weren't being yourself at all. And that's, it sounds so easy when it's like, Oh, when you're dating, like just be yourself. Like, I feel like I hear that all the time. And I'm like, it's actually harder than you think sometimes because I realized like, I'd be like, Oh, I'm like afraid that guys will, as I'm dating, not take my career seriously or something. And my therapist was like, well, you're not even giving them the chance. If I say confidently like, oh, this is what I do. Cause I believe in it. I do believe in it. If I don't believe in it, how do I expect someone else to believe in it? And so, yeah, it's just, it's, I'm so thankful for this time that I've had to get to know myself in my like twenties to figure out. And I'm still not there yet. Like, I don't really think I'm ready for a relationship yeah. because I still if someone was like, what do you look for in a relationship? I'm like, well, I still don't really know. (laughs) I'm like, that's why I know. Like I'm not quite ready yet. Yeah. So as you've gotten back into dating, I hear a lot from people where basically they'll go on their first date post breakup. It won't work out or the person won't call them back. Like, how do you not make dating the end all be all of your worth of your confidence. Like if someone doesn't call you back or someone doesn't ask for a second date, like completely crumble to pieces. I just think dating should be fun. Like I've been dating for a year now and oh my gosh, the first date I went on, I felt sick all day long. (laughs) I was so scared. I was going out with this guy Oh my gosh. I don't even remember. I think his name was Andrew or something. I felt sick to my stomach. Like I was so nervous. Like I couldn't even pick up my glass on the date without like shaking. (laughs) I was so scared. And I literally was like, the hardest part is just getting out there for sure. But dating should be fun. You're meeting new people. You're trying new things. You're having like fun 
you know, whatever. Like you should just be having fun. Like, I feel like we make it so serious and so much pressure. And like, maybe I'm mistaken in this and maybe cause I've only been doing it for a year. I'm not, I know some people are like tired, but it should be fun. And at the same time, that you're not going to like everyone. They're not going to like you. And that's totally okay. Like to think we're going to click with everybody is just silly. Like you're not going to click with everybody. Not everybody's going to click with you. That's okay. Move on. There's a million other fish in the sea. So I'm enjoying getting to know people and just having fun. Um, my friend actually just went on a date recently and this guy told her after he was like, you know, I just don't think I'm like physically attracted to you. And she was like, obviously very upset about it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like that would suck. But at the same time, you don't want someone that says that to people. So like, it's okay. Don't give them your energy. Just get back out there. Or if you need to take a break, take a break, but you're just not going to be for everybody. And remember that you're also allowed to like, not like someone. It's not like the the goal of a date is not to say, I'm going to get this person to like me. It's I'm going to go with an open mind and just learn about someone else. And then they can assess if they liked me, I can assess if I liked them. Yeah. I think there's so much power in not operating in the way of like, I just operate here to get people to like me. Yeah. Christina and I just talked about this on a recent episode too. She was like, it's about instead of going into a date and being like, Oh, are they going to like me? Make it about, am I going to like them? Which I think it's like, obviously a little bit easier said than done, but it is like, if you truly feel secure in yourself and you've built a life for yourself where you feel like content and fulfilled, like you're looking for someone to add to that, not make it, not bring all those things. So you have to think about it. Okay. What will this person add? Like, I know I love to travel do they love that and have that sense of adventure as well that they're going to go along with me and not hold me back, you know, or even like when it comes to, you know, like how does this person interact with me? Like is physical touch important to them. There's so many things, but it's making it like, how will they add to you? And do you like them instead of being like, Oh my God, do they like me? Yeah. And I think we're getting better in a lot of ways, but I feel like especially probably like when you and I were growing up, it was like all about like, you got to find your missing puzzle piece. Like you got to find that your other half half. and the person that's going to complete you. And I always tell people like, you're a whole freaking puzzle. Like you're just looking for someone that's going to like add to what you already have. Exactly. I wonder why that was like such the narrative of like finding your other half. Like I was listening. What was I listening to? I was listening to a podcast of, they were just talking about how the fact that like healthy relationships are like boring. So they're typically not put in movies and TV. Mm, Interesting. Like we want to see like the obsessive where they like break up and then someone's like outside someone else's window and being like, I love you. And it's like, no, that's not healthy actually. So we're looking for like that, like I have to have you instead of looking at like, okay, let's just have two people operating like with whole and complete lives individually and then coming together. So that way you're not basing any of your worth dependent on who your partner is or what they look like or what, you know, what they do for a living and things like that. Yeah. It's like, you are like exactly what you said. You're a whole person. You're just looking for someone to come by your side and like do life with and have fun along the way. (laughs) And that's how, cause I've been in relationships where 
I've just made my whole life about them. It's like not fun. Cause it's like, you're constantly having to look for cues and look for things that they like. And it's just stressful. Like that's not like a fun way to operate in a relationship at all. Oh my God. I was so like that. Everything like they did impacted my mood so much. Like if they wanted to go do something like without me, I was like, wait, what? I remember feeling sick to my stomach when like a boyfriend yes. wanted to go on a trip on their own. I was like, I'm yes. I was like, I physically don't think I can handle this. Yes, I was the same. I was like, and oh, God, yeah, I hope I got it. That's why it's like uh, with me for dating, it's been interesting too to see what new people bring out in me as well. Because yeah. I do think that like when it comes to friendships, when it comes to relationships, everyone brings out different parts of you. Like there's so many pieces to us, pieces of our whole puzzle, but some people bring out different areas um, and different aspects of us. And then that's been one thing that's been really interesting to learn is like who, what people bring out in you. Cause I'm sure that like, I remember when I was dating, like certain people would bring out like, I don't like to use the word crazy, but like kind of bring out my crazy where I would be like, are they going to text me back? Like, are they going to do this? And then some people it's like, I feel completely fine and secure. I know where I stand. Like there's no guessing. Yeah. And so I think that is a really interesting part. And I liked what you said, like look at dating and your interactions is just one big learning experience and you're just picking up more pieces of you along the way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even if you go on a horrible date, like it's a good story. That's you know a, yeah. what I mean? Like, even if you have a horrible experience, like it's a funny story you can tell at parties or whatever. Yeah, because at a dinner party, no one's ever said like, what's your best date? No, <laughs> it's the worst date story. Or tell me about the craziest per- or like the wildest person you dated or whatever. I'm like, you just have to go out and like put yourself out there. And sometimes it's going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So my last question, as someone who talks about confidence a lot, talks to a lot of people about confidence. What's a surprising thing you have learned? Just like a theme of talking about this topic. Well, I think that it's important to note that like every single person struggles with it. Like just in like the industry I'm in, I've literally been with top models who we look at and we're like, oh my gosh, like they must have it all together because they're thin. They must have the boyfriend. They must have the success. They must have the career because we live in a society that puts so much emphasis on thinness and thinking that's going to solve all of our problems. Like, I think that's the main thing is women think that if they are thinner, they'll be more confident. And then all these other things will put into place. They'll get the job that they want. They'll get the boyfriend that they want. And it's like, no, that's not it. That's not it. And every single person struggles with confidence, no matter what walk of life, age, whatever, we all struggle with it. Um, So I think those are kind of the main themes that I see. And it is interesting. I do think that I see a lot of women who are confident in their job or certain aspects of their life. But when it comes to body image, it's still something that is such a huge, huge factor. And I do think it's because we grew up, I mean, the nineties and like early two thousands were just like toxic. It was just toxic. And I'm going to be interested to see like how Gen Z is because it has changed. Like it's not, obviously we're far from like the representation that we need, but it's changed a lot. So I'm interested to see like how their mindset is about it. I am very curious. Cause I think just thinking about with my friends, like that's typically what we're talking about the most is like our issues with 
our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it is very interesting because all my friends are like in the millennial group where we grew up with ridiculous, just ridiculous. ridiculous things everywhere. So, but it's so reassuring to know that like we can take back control of confidence and self-esteem. And um, so I'm so glad you came on to talk about this. Where yeah. can people find you, your podcast, what everything that you do? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Rayan Langus. It's R-A-E-A-N-N Langus, L-A-N-G-A-S. Um, that's me across all social. Um, find me on TikTok. Um, and then I'm also at um, Confident Collective. Um, and that's where you can find our podcast too on Spotify, Apple everywhere where podcasts are played. Um, uh, my business partner, Christina Zias and I do episodes every Tuesday. And I will be on their podcast this week as well. So come find me there and listen to some of their episodes. But thank you so much for having me. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise.